You are listening to Exploring Satir's Legacy, the Virginia Satir Podcast. I am your host, Michael Argumanis Hardin, and together we will embark on the journey of self-discovery, empowerment, and meaningful connection. Let's dive in. Welcome to a captivating episode featuring a remarkable guest whose contributions to the world of therapy and relationship dynamics have left an indelible mark. Today, we have the privilege of sitting down with one of my mentors, Sharon Lotion, a renowned author, educator, and an instrumental figure in the legacy of Virginia Satir. Sharon Lotion's impressive body of work includes multiple books delving into the profound insights of Virginia Satir, including The Satir Process, Systemic Training in the Skills of Virginia Satir, and Enriching Your Relationship with Yourself and Others. Her commitment to furthering Satir's teaching is nothing short of inspiring. Beyond her literary achievements, Sharon has played a pivotal role in shaping the Virginia Satir Global Network, serving as its past president. Throughout her career as a licensed clinical social worker and educator, Sharon has honed her expertise in training individuals to become skilled therapists, coaches, and mentors. In this episode, we have the privilege of delving into Sharon Lotion's journey. She will share her experiences working alongside Virginia Satir and how she pioneered the immensely successful Satir coaching and mentoring program. In collaboration with Jenny Wong, Miriam Freeman, and other esteemed colleagues, the coaching and mentoring program boasts trained coaches and mentors actively engaged in 21 countries across the globe. Join me as we explore the rich tapestry of Sharon's career, her enduring connection with Virginia Satir's wisdom, and the global impact of the Satir coaching and mentoring program, which continues to foster healthy relationships worldwide. Let's dive into this enlightening conversation with Sharon Lotion. Sharon, I am just so excited to have you on the podcast today and just really let the audience get to know you and the beautiful soul that you are. Thank you. It's my privilege. (laughs) I would love it if we could just start off by you sharing your story of how you came to the Satir world. Sure. Well, first time I learned about Virginia Satir, I was in graduate school. And uh, I was assigned to work with a step family. And I started working with them and felt really at a loss. And I wasn't getting any direction from the faculty. And so I went to the bookstore. And it turns out Virginia had just published Conjoint Family Therapy. So that kind of became my guide. And then fast forward 10 years later, uh, my husband got a sabbatical to Purdue University. So we were there for the year. And I saw an ad that she was going to be doing it a four-day workshop, and I remembered the name, and I thought, I'd like to do that, and I went, and I felt like I'd learned more in four days than I had in two years in graduate school. I was just blown away. I took all the tapes and listened to them over and over and over. Still remember things from that very powerfully. Fast forward 10 more years. I'm living in California, and I see an ad that she's going to be um, working for two days at UCLA, And I went and she announced that she did month-long trainings in the Rocky Mountains every summer. And uh, I came home and I said, Bob, she's 70 years old. And I I really have to experience this. Mm -hmm. Little did I have any clue what I was in for. It was the hardest 30 days of my life because it's all about going inside and, you know, doing your own work. 
And when I left, I remember saying, I, I'll never, ever do that again. Thank God I survived. And four months later, I'd signed up for the next summer <laughs> because Amazing. I got so much feedback from particularly clients saying that something was different about me, something in the energy. Dr. Dan Siegel has put together an acronym for mental health that I love, which is FACES, flexible, adaptive, coherent, energized, and stable. And I remember a student telling me before I had done that, that you seem very rigid. I went, oh, okay. Mm. Well, I think that's what shifted. When I did my own work, then I didn't have that, you know, rigidity. Um, Karen, and... just know you the way I know you now. I can't even imagine you being rigid. <laughs> I, I introduce you as a beautiful soul because that's how I experienced you for the very first day. Oh, thank you. Yeah, well... Something shifted, you know, mm -hmm. and and it wasn't any kind of conscious thing. It was just the two months of that kind of experiential, impactful learning that's all mm -hmm. done at a different, so many different aspects are being impacted. But that's how I got, you know, turned on to it. And at the end of the second summer, I asked John Banman, I was standing in line with for lunch with him, and I said, would it be possible for me to be considered for the teaching network, which was called Avanta at the time? And he said, well, I don't know. Are you a mover and a shaker? I went, I don't know. I think so. It was a strange conversation. And about a month later, I get an invitation from Virginia to be a part of the Avanta. So that's how it all started. And it has been, you know, the core of my life ever since. Amazing. Well, one of the things I love asking all those people who were friends and knew Virginia, is there a story that is just was impactful to you or meaningful as far as engaging with her in some way that the audience would love to hear? Yes, I think so. Um, one day she asked for a volunteer. I said, okay. And she said, okay, so I would like for the class, the class was 90 of us. Mm -hmm. to think about and try to figure out, and she had a, a chart up there, how many holes do you think there are in Sharon's body? Well, okay, <laughs> you know, they had a lot of fun with that, right? <laughs> yeah. And she said, so when she was born, all of those holes were opened, and she was whole, W-H-O-L-E. But with life experiences and family systems, et cetera, Holes begin to get plugged up. Can't not okay to see what you're seeing, feel what you're feeling, say what you want to say, move, take risks. All those what came out to be known as the five freedoms, they get plugged up at different levels depending on your experience. And then you're less than whole, but within that there is a God-given wholeness spirit mm -hmm. that's never damaged. And the more we can work to connect with that holiness by helping you unplug those holes, the better. I will, I will never forget that day, Michael. It's a great metaphor. Oh, yeah. It, it was so, so powerful just to stand mm -hmm. there and have, and Virginia was known for, you know, like holding your hand. So she's holding my hand as all this inputs coming in and that, and that connection with her and that anchoring was amazing. Hmm. Well, I, I'm one of those people who just wish that I could have met her before she died 
And mm -hmm. I, I just love hearing the stories. And I truly, I tell people all the time, if they get to know people who walked with her and are in this satire world, they'll find that all of you kind of carry on her spirit. She, you know, she, she lives on in the good work that continues to be done. Yes, and I think it's the proof of the universal understanding she had of what motivates us as human beings and how to help us grow is way beyond the person of Virginia. And that's why mm -hmm. it's continued. Because right. once once that gets tapped into, that's been my experience, there is an ongoing desire for creativity and productivity. And it mm -hmm. just unfolds. It's just there. Nobody's cognitively thinking this out. It just happens. What I love now that I've been uh, around satir people long enough is the way that often people talk about Virginia. I've heard people from all around the globe talk about Sharon that way. You know, they, they talk about getting into the, the coaching and mentoring world and really what they were learning and how that changed their life. And I think, oh, my goodness, I want every, our listeners to be able to hear about how you even started in coaching and mentoring, because you developed this program from the ground, and, mm -hmm. and it, it is blessing people around the globe. I, I would love for, for you to just teach us what, what's going on in that, in coaching and mentoring. Well, you know, when you talk, when I was talking about unfolding, it, it was never anything like, I have this goal, I'm going to do this. What happened was, well, when Virginia died, I had learned a particular kind of roadmap for counseling and I thought, ah, that was such a powerful thing for me. It was designed by Robert Karkoff. But now I've had this experience with Virginia. And most people say Virginia had her own magic and nobody can do it. And I thought, mm, yeah, that's not true. This, this is a map. In my head, I had a map that I created. And so I wrote the book, The Satir Process. And that was for counselors. So one day, Margarita Suarez, who was the director at that point in Avanta, and Satir Global called me and said, Sharon, I've been teaching this to nurses, but you know what? I'm really using it in my own life. I think that we could do something with it. So then we modified it into a program called Enriching Your Relationship with Yourself and Others that was for the general public. And then one day I'm reading the Los Angeles Times. It's a Sunday morning and Bob and I are out having bagels. And I had had a client who told me, always read the left column because that's the premier investigative column. So I'm reading it, and it's about a priest in South Central Los Angeles who's making remarkable impact. And there's a sentence in there, and the reporter says, well, what do you, what do you attribute your success to? And he said, well, I just asked these young people what they're feeling, and then I listened profoundly. I went, Okay, so I called the LA Times and he connected me up with him. Fast forward, he said he his he had me present to his staff and they were very interested. So I taught them the enriching program. Mm. And I started with one group of gang interventionists and then added another group of gang interventionists because you know is they could hear the power of it. Um and I'm still connected with many of those folks mm. weekly. And that started in 2015, I think. As I say, we're, we're doing this program. And then I realized these people are on the street every day. They need more actual 
uh, helping skills and mentoring skills than they're getting just in the personal growth. So I began to design that and then realized this was something that other people were interested in because it turns out that it's it's more unique in the coaching process than many coaching programs. Mm-hmm. First of all, because it's psychoeducational, there's a lot of, and that you can structure it and you can have classes and people really drawn to the classes. It's also unique, I think, in that it's very heart-centered, you know, and those two, those two things put together, one of my friends calls it the law of attraction. They just keep coming and popping in, you know, it just blows my mind. We're up to 21 countries now of people wow. who have found out about it and just write in. We haven't done any marketing. Yeah, it is spreading. It is a very successful program. And I, I invite anybody who would really like to be a part of it and, and learn from, from you and other coaches to make contact. How could they get a hold of if they're really interested in the coaching and mentoring program, where would they go? Website, just satirglobal.org. And then on the menu, it'll say Satir Coaching Program. And they can click okay. on there and they can apply. And my vision, now I've been a therapist for 40 years. But my vision was there is so much valuable teaching and learning and experience with related to Satir. There's so many people who are never going to come to therapy. Who could use this? So that's how it began to evolve for me, is that we need to reach out to the world in a bigger way. This is also the beauty of satir work, is the ability to to go in and see people for their strengths and and not just look at any um, pathology, but to see the human being as a miracle. I'm impressed often that satir people are are able to do that. How How did that grow in you? Was that something that had to grow? Has that always been a part of who you are? I don't know if I have a cognitive answer for that, Michael. I Immediately, my father's spirit comes to my mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he was just a very, very caring human being. When he was quite old, and um, some weird thing, he ended up inheriting $5,000 from somebody he didn't even know. And mm-hmm. I said, hey, Dad. What are you going to do with that $5,000? And he got tears in his eyes and he said, well, I read about this little girl in the paper and she's got leukemia. So I sent it to her. So that was. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Just grew up, you know, with a lot of love. You know, Virginia, I was always looking at context and I realized in doing some of my own family history that. I was the only grandchild born during World War II, which meant, number one, I had a lot of anxiety put in my body, (laughs) absorbed, Mm -hmm. but it also meant that I was treasured by lots of people because I was the only child they could hold on to. And it's now that it came out okay, but then nobody knew what was going to come out okay, you know? No. So you pour your energy, you started pouring your energy into coaching and mentoring uh, in 2015. Uh, but you're still going strong in it. You're you're still uh, actively engaging coaching and mentoring at this point. Yes, very. Yeah. Jenny Wong and I, who is from Vancouver, originally Hong Kong, have been training and we're on our third year of training a group of people in China from seven or eight different provinces. We started with 12 and we have nine who are going to be trainers. And that will probably end about June. Mm-hmm. And they have 
bundled they're getting translated three of my works that are going to be bundled and sent you know throughout china so that's been mind-blowing to me mm. just mind-blowing and then uh a group from hong kong invited us and we just started working with uh 14 people there and there's four people going to become trainers and 14 are going to be coaches and then we just finished with a group in singapore and we're going to start with the group I'm going to start with uh, Daria Heitaglo with a group in, in Europe in end of February. Mm. And we have two two country of somebody I'm training in Kenya and somebody else in Zimbabwe and in Brazil. And now we have somebody just reached out to us from Mexico. It's just mind-blowing. It is mind-blowing. You know, it, it, right now, it's so important for for people in the psychology world, in marriage and family therapy and social work, to make sure that they are working multiculturally sensitive. And Virginia was already thinking about difference in people and sameness in people and honoring differences long before a lot of people were talking about this level of sensitivity. Why do you imagine, if I could ask you this, why do you imagine there is such an attraction in different cultures not just in America, right? Not just in North America, but in, in cultures all over the world. Why do you think they are attracted to the Satir model? I, I wish that we could have recorded in a way for the public what it's been like to train a group in China, because it is such an affirmation that we are all human beings on the same struggles, you know, I'm struggling with my mother-in-law, my son's addicted to video games, I can't get going in my work. Everything that's human, Michael. So that's mm -hmm. what she was addressing at, in, at the family level, at the work system level, you know. And I think that there's such a hunger for that. Mm -hmm. And there's a hunger for a deeper connection than most people have. We, we kind of live in a lack of community world, an urban world, a lot of isolation and loneliness, and people grab a hold of this I was thinking about one person that I've trained who said she'd been in marriage counseling for years and they were doing okay. But she said after she took this training, their marriage is so much better. Mm. Wow. You know, I love that. <laughs> I do too. I do too. Is there a um, an, an idea within Virginia Satir's model that you are just naturally drawn to. It's a big focus of what you do because the concept that she explained is so meaningful to you. Yes. Um, I don't know if you've read this new book out by David Brooks called How to Know a Person, The Art of... You told me about that book okay. and I bought it and read yeah. it. It was it was wonderful. Wonderful book, yes. The Art of Seeing Deeply and Being Seen Deeply, right? Mm -hmm. And I And I thought about how much I was drawn to Virginia's original poem, The Greatest Gift, that I can conceive of having is to be seen, heard, understood, and touched. Mm. And after I read David's book, I thought I would change that a little bit to, I think the greatest gift that I can give and to receive is to be seen, heard, and valued. Mm -hmm. Because I think that the essence of Virginia's miracleness, if you will, or magic, was that she truly, truly saw in front of her someone that she felt was a miracle and she was in awe of that spirit like she said there may be a lot of dark stuff in between us but there is a pure spirit in there and i'm going to work for my pure spirit to connect with yours and i think that that's powerful and unique it is 
and then to be in the presence of somebody who's able to see you that way, it's so different than somebody looking at you and seeing brokenness or seeing pathology. Mm-hmm. But to see that the the true human miracle that a person is, it, it really is a gift. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I hear a lot about strengths-based therapy now, which is fine, and it falls in that category. But somehow it doesn't grasp to me mm-hmm. the power of truly believing in somebody's potential for growth and right. helping them to access their own wisdom. I mm-hmm. I do so much modeling of coaching now as part of the training and i am in awe every time if i can just discipline myself to stay with that and believe that if i can help validate them they are going to come up with their own ideas and their own wisdom and their own energy to change mm-hmm. i had no idea where we were going to go yeah. you know <laughs> yeah i have a question because a lot of people a lot of people kind of stumbled and didn't know what to do during the years that we were locked down in covid uh, but it seems like coaching and mentoring flourished during that time. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, you know, Virginia talks about checking in to try to help people understand what their yearnings are. And I think, as Brene Brown said, we're all yearn- we're all wired for connection, and we got cut off. And mm-hmm. thank God, I think the person who invented Zoom should get a Nobel Peace Prize mm-hmm. because that was one way we could connect. And again, because of that, the work that I did with Virginia, there's a lot of creativity in me. And I was the head of president of Satir Global. And it just popped into me one day because for years I had been trying to get some kind of Zoom gatherings going. Nothing was working. But when COVID hit and we put out the word, all of a sudden people were home. Mm-hmm. No matter what hour of the day, they were longing for connection, especially the kind of connection you get through satire meetings. And that was, what, 2019? Mm-hmm. Well, it really hit in 2020, and, and, and okay. really everything shut down at that point. So now we've recorded, I think, over 130 presentations from that. And now it's set up so there's one presentation every first Wednesday of the month. But then there's three mm-hmm. coffee hours for anybody who wants to stay, you know, connected throughout the month. So I, I yeah. do believe it's the longing for connection that that made the difference. Yeah, and you just mentioned the the coffee group that meets on Wednesday. People can connect with Satir Global and find that group, and it is a free group. People can not only be educated, be, but be connected with the other people in this important way. Right. I'm just blown away by the library. We now have a video library with beautiful presentations mm-hmm. like yours that any student, anybody can just go in and watch for free. Yeah, it's amazing. I guess what I'd like to do now is is think about if there's a message that you would like to send that is something that Virginia would want them to have, what message would you want to send the listeners off with? Uh, Tina Turner, I think it was sang the song, What's Love Got to Do With It? Do you remember that? I do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which was related to all of her pain in an abusive relationship that she walked out of with nothing on her but, you know, clothes on her body and ran across the freeway and escaped. So all that pain and bitterness was there. And all of a sudden, the answer came to me, it's got everything to do with me. Mm -hmm. Because... If her partner had loved himself, Mm -hmm. 
and he'd been able to love that would never have happened. No, and it's not anything that I always, I don't want to say you must love yourself because then it's like, no, it's a process. But coming back to that place where you truly feel your worth and value, then you're not going to hurt other people, you know? I, I like the idea of being congruent in that we honor ourselves, but we always honor the other. So yeah. love that wouldn't honor the other person is not very congruent. No, no. One of our beloved colleagues who passed away this year, Dr. Janet Christie Seeley, the way she described congruence was um, emotional honesty with consideration and respect for the other person. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we the world the world lost somebody special when she died. Mm -hmm. They really did. Sharon, there's one there's one other thing I wanted to ask you. I, I know that um, I said that we we're going to leave the listeners with something that Sachir had to say, but. Uh, one of the things that some of the listeners might not know is you're a past president of Satir Global. Mm -hmm. And being a leader in the Satir movement, uh, I just, uh, I would love to, for you to ask you, what are you most excited about the future of Satir and the Satir model? I'm excited about the fact that we are coming back to the original uh, wish in Virginia's will that we become a learning center. Uh, when she died, it just was not possible to the people. She had a charisma and people would, you know, come to trainings and so forth. And there were, it just wasn't happening. Uh, and then when, when we switched our name to Satir, we, originally was Avanta was a teaching network that she chose the people who were going to be teachers. And then when she died and it transformed into Satir Global, and eventually I became the president unconsciously i think what i started to do is what i would call lift and link i didn't you know truly i was so excited to interact individually with all these people around the world and lift them up in whatever they were doing and encouraging it and then linking people together did you know so michael's doing this did you know you know gene's oh. doing that over there and you might get together or something um you do that very well by the way Oh, thank you. <laughs> I have a lot of friends because we all knew Sharon. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I was thinking about that today. You know, that's what why Virginia created uh, I Learn was mm -hmm. she wanted people to know each other and learn from yeah. each other. So, yeah, and again, that was not conscious until I was thinking about it today. Now, what did you ask me? I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> well, just as the president. You know, you're, you're a leader in this field. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Just you're, what, what are you most excited about in the future, for the future right. of this right. model? First of all, I want to say something about leadership. Okay. Because um, the person who has added the most to my understanding at a theoretical level after Virginia was Richard Schwartz, who developed the internal family systems model. And one day he rattled off something that I took notes went, ooh. He talked about self-leadership. Virginia would say, you know, be in charge of yourself. He mm -hmm. called it self-leadership. And somebody said, what does that entail? And he said, well, it entails being inspirational to your members. <laughs> this would be inside, but inspirational, uh, nurturing, protective, uh, facilitating communication between the members, 
and mediating conflicts. And I went, wow. So that kind of became my framework for the presidency. And so now going back to the future. So we went away from the training model that was what I think Virginia wanted in the, the original will because we couldn't make that happen into the lift and link up. And now we're coming full circle. What my hope is that I'm so excited to have you leading the, the troops on this is that we can become a learning center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in in so many ways, there's so many different aspects of ways that Virginia's teachings can be used, you know, Mm -hmm. and to offer those to people of different interests is really important. Different interests, different cultures, different places in life, different ages. It it, it has been a a beautiful thing to see how this has been helpful to others. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, Sharon, I just want to thank you so very much for joining me here. And uh, I I know that the listeners are going to be so blessed by just getting to know you just a little bit more. Thank you. It's great to be with you. (laughs) As we conclude this episode of the Virginia Satir podcast, I want to leave you with a reminder that the journey of self-discovery and transformation is ongoing. Virginia Satir's wisdom continues to inspire us to nurture healthier relationships, foster open communication, and embrace personal growth. Remember, you hold the power to create positive change in your life and the lives of those around you. Well, that's it for today's episode. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Virginia Satir podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, and give us a review wherever you listen to the podcast. And share this with a friend. Also, For more information on Virginia Satir, you can go to satirglobal.com or liveconnectedtherapy.com. Until next time, be kind to yourself and to others. And remember, you are a miracle.